In case you missed it, and honestly, I'm not sure how you possibly could, Gladys Berejiklian resigned as New South Wales' Premier last month, and ICAC is currently investigating whether she breached public trust. If you've been watching the chaos unfold in New South Wales politics, you may have been left wondering, what is ICAC, and why is everyone talking about it? Well, today we thought we would take a deep dive into this unique area of law and answer that question for you. My name is William Wade, and I am joined by my fellow graduate, Emma Jago. Hi, everyone. ICAC is something that's been a hot topic of conversation recently, so I'm excited to talk about it in this episode. For those who may not know, ICAC stands for the Independent Commission Against Corruption and is essentially New South Wales' corruption watchdog. It was established by the New South Wales government in 1988 in response to the community's growing concern about the integrity of public administration in New South Wales. So fun fact for you, Emma. Nick Greiner, the New South Wales Premier who ran on an anti-corruption platform in the 1988 election, was actually investigated by ICAC, the commission he established in 1992, and resigned from his premiership after a finding that he, in fact, had engaged in corrupt conduct. The ICAC's finding was eventually overturned by the courts on appeal, but his political career never recovered. Yikes, talk about ironic, Will. ICAC has three principal functions, which are set out in the Independent Commission Against Corruption Act 1988. They are, one, to investigate and expose corrupt conduct in the New South Wales public sector, two, to actively prevent corruption through advice and assistance, and three, to educate the New South Wales community and public sector about corruption and its effects. ICAC also has a very extensive jurisdiction with authority to investigate all New South Wales public sector agencies, with some exceptions that we'll talk about later. Their employees and contract staff in government departments and state-owned corporations local councils, members of parliament, ministers, the judiciary, and the governor. So it's pretty extensive. These principal functions are for the purpose of promoting the integrity and accountability of public administration. So as we said, ICAC's jurisdiction extends to all New South Wales public sector agencies and officials, but there are some exceptions. One being that ICAC doesn't actually have the authority to investigate officers of the New South Wales Police Force or the New South Wales Crime Commission. Until 2016, the ICAC was led by a single commissioner. Today, however, the agency comprises of one chief commissioner and two part-time commissioners. Each commissioner is appointed for a term of five years, and they must be qualified to be appointed or have already been appointed a judge of the Supreme Court of New South Wales or another state of territory, or the Federal Court or High Court of Australia. ICAC works by receiving complaints from members of the public or public officials, which they will then analyse to see if there's any validity. If it does, ICAC will then carry out an investigation, which may involve public inquiries. This is exactly what occurred in Operation Keppel, the 2020 inquiry involving Gladys Berejiklian and Daryl Maguire, which was reopened in October this year, which is the inquiry we've all been seeing in the news. Following a public inquiry, the ICAC publishes a report to Parliament on its investigation. The report will generally include recommendations for changes in systems and procedures to prevent further corrupt conduct, findings of serious corrupt conduct against the people investigated, recommendations that consideration be given to the taking of disciplinary or dismissal action, recommendations that the advice of the Director of Public Prosecutions be sought on prosecution of the people investigated. It's also important to note, Emma, that although ICAC can carry out these public investigations, they can't prosecute anyone directly. Where ICAC rules that an official has acted corruptly within the meaning of the ICAC Act, 
it then refers the matter to the Director of Public Prosecutions with a recommendation that they commence criminal proceedings. Exactly, Will. And that's actually a really common criticism of ICAC. ICAC's track record for actually gaining criminal convictions is limited. ICAC's record is so poor that in 2016, when ICAC recommended charges be brought against former Labor MP Eddie Obeid for hiding his family's interest in a cafe lease, he said that there was not even, quote, a 1% chance, end quote, of him being prosecuted. However, Mr. Obeid was eventually charged and received a five-year maximum sentence and spent three years in jail for misconduct in public office. So we hear about these really high-profile cases, but the sector most frequently investigated by ICAC has actually been local government. The ICAC's website lists about 30 or so major investigations into corruption in different councils since the body was founded. One of ICAC's most sensational inquiries was actually in the Wollongong Council in 2008. A council-employed town planner told the ICAC that she had accepted cash and gifts from developers while she approved the developments from them worth millions of dollars. Developments were approved whilst she was involved in sexual relations with two of the men funding them. At the time, the ICAC recommended that she face 27 criminal charges. However, after a two-year investigation by the Director of Public Prosecutions, none of those charges proceeded. While every state and territory in Australia has some form of corruption watchdog, none of them are as powerful as ICAC. Many of them have never held any public hearings or have a higher threshold for conducting investigations. For example, Victoria's Anti-Corruption Commission, the independent broad-based Anti-Corruption Commission, only received the power to investigate misconduct in public office in 2016. Unlike ICAC, it can only hold public hearings in exceptional circumstances and when it is in the public interest. Interestingly, Daniel Andrews has recently been questioned by IBAC for his role in the series of deals that benefited the Victorian Firefighters Union. There have also been talks of establishing a Commonwealth Integrity Commission and there is currently a draft bill in federal parliament. But this commission has been heavily criticised. The Centre for Public Integrity has called it the weakest watchdog in the country. It's an interesting area of law and something that will no doubt continue to be in the news for many months to come. If you have any questions on this topic or another area of law you would like us to discuss, please reach out to us at mccabes.com.au and please don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed this episode. Thanks everyone for joining us.